0: Everyone, a quick reminder: the Angel Heart Radio program should not be used to replace your legal, medical, or professional advice, nor your own sound judgment. There's lots for you on AngelLight77.com. There's guidance. There are freebies. There are wonderful ways to help you to connect with the angels and with their love for you.
1: Janet Hickox is with me. Especially excited about this show. It really, I guess, spoke to me because I have children um, in the millennial generation that you wish to speak especially about today.
2: Yeah, and you know, all four of my kids are also millennials, and. Right. You know, the kind of the story behind the story here is that there was a day not too long ago where I received, you know how we get all kinds of different emails and, you know, news stories in our inboxes. And I I got this news story about millennials and the millennial generation and how they're the laziest And, uh, you know, all all this like diatribe against the the millennials. And I went, hmm, that's really interesting because that is not my experience of this generation. And what is it that's happening here? And, uh, you know, as I began to really look at that, I thought this is this is definitely a worthy radio show because, you know, literally there's several million millennials out there and these people are not in the too distant future going to be the leaders of our countries around the world and so i thought anything we could do to understand them as opposed uh, you know to the other generations against the backdrop of baby boomers and you know all the labels that we put on people would be something that would be worthy to do so that was kind Mm -hmm. of the backstory. And of course, it helped to have wow. four kids that were in that generation too. <laughs> I don't want them being <laughs> well, misunderstood. No, no. Well, I haven't. Re,
1: I hadn't really thought. I this was new to me. I mean, obviously, I know when my children were born. However, I didn't right. realize that it actually had a name, as in millennial generation. Yes. Wow. The
2: millennial. The mill. The di- di- let's say it again. The <laughs> millennials. <laughs> Uh, The millennials are Mm -hmm. actually um, the generation that was born anywhere from about 1982 to Mm -hmm. 2000. And so it's a a fairly good chunk of time that we're talking about. And my oldest daughter was born in 1983. I don't know how old your children are, but uh, my youngest son was born in 1991.
1: Okay. Well, mine is fractionally 82 and Uh 85 yeah so they're
2: right there in it right they're the mm-hmm. earlier millennials, uh, so I have two in the earlier millennials, and I have two in the later millennials, which is kind of funny um because they are actually yeah. by two two different planets uh, you know that we could look at you know the the first part of the millennial generation were kind of more uh saturn capricorn driven and the uh later millennials were more Uranus. Uh, Aquarius driven and I mean that I could do a show on just in itself because of the, the just the dichotomy between those two signs creating a different experience of the generation uh, of the millennials so, but what we really want to look at is you know first of all, I am loath to bring this up almost because it almost cements the idea of labels, and I really you know there 's a part of me that mm. really rebels against that idea. Uh, of labeling yep. a generation of people, so you know I went looking for information about what is a generation. Um, but before I get mm-hmm. to that, I want to just read you some some some. These are headlines that a woman in Canada put together uh, on her blog that were all the derogatory things that have been said or written about the millennial generation. Are you ready for this? Millennials are killing the dinner I hope day. so. The Death Throes of Democracy, Murdered by Millennials, Millennials Wanderlust is Killing the Canadian Tourism Industry, Did Millennials Kill Fashion, Are Millennials Killing the Vacation, Millennials Have Officially Ruined Brunch, Have Millennials Killed Hotel Loyalty Programs, I mean, literally, Annette, this goes on and on and on, I mean, I read maybe eight of them to you, there's probably 50 of them on this page, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, whenever have we blamed such um, amazing small things? Uh, here's another one. Now millennials are killing marmalade. Really? What? what? Marmalade. Millennials are killing the beer industry. <laughs> it, it, it really it's humorous, but these are these are articles. These are headlines ripped from newspapers that are out there writing articles that people read about a generation of people, the people that we're turning leadership over to here in the not-so-distant future. And, uh, I, I mean, you could either think it's hysterically funny or, you know, you could literally feel sick to your stomach. I mean, what if you read these articles and you believed that there's this generation of people that are here to kill the planet because they're also ruining the planet, it says, Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're killing everything from right. McDonald's to, you know, vacations. And, and that just, you know, is so not true. So I did. I went looking. I thought, okay, what is it? What is it? What is the idea of a generation? Right? Where, where did that come from? Because to me, you know, it sounded sort of like a marketing gimmick almost, right? We, we're going to sell certain things to certain generations because it's what they resonate to or whatever. So uh, the idea of generations is that groups of people with similar ideation or patterns and behaviors are grouped together. And then literally there is no rhyme or reason to the length of a generation rather than, you know, fairly arbitrary dates. So for example, I looked up, this is what I wrote into Google. How long is a generation? And this is what I got Mm -hmm. back. The average age of mothers at birth of their first child was 20 And at the last birth, 31, giving a mean of 25.5 years per female generation. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is like science speak, right? Mm -hmm. That is just like numbers Mm -hmm. thrown out there and concocted falsely into some kind of ideation. Um, Because my, of course, next thought was, well, okay, if we have a generation that's defined by 25.5 years, is there... An astrological correlation, because you know me, right? It's all above, as above, so below. If we're talking about right. something that's happening down here on the planet, then there's got to be something in the skies that's moving through that resembles that timeline. I couldn't find one that was that length. Mm. And so I, and I looked, right, I went through all different kinds of pairings of planets, I went through all different kinds of, you know, orbits and what have you, and there was nothing. And then I see this little last sentence that says um, that the uh, primi- primitive cultures, their generation was attributed to 20 years. And I went, 20 years, ding, 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 there is mm-hmm. a- a group of planets uh, two planets a system of Jupiter and Saturn that have a 20-year cycle in their relationship to one another and I went okay maybe there's something here science of course is really good at taking us outside of our own natural rhythms i.e. the calendar right our calendar is totally contrived it's totally you know put because it doesn't work all the time we have to throw in a, a leap day right so every four years we have you know a 29 day february then a, a, as opposed to a 28 day right? so it's contrived right it's contrived to fit the data um which to me makes it not good right it's not a good system i liked the mayan system which went with you know uh the moon mm-hmm. and a 20 day cycle it made perfect sense to me and then, right uh, so so science is really good at throwing us off of our, our circadian rhythms, if you will, or our natural rhythm. So mm-hmm. I wasn't a bit surprised that the generation got pulled out of being this 20-year cycle of Jupiter and Saturn and thrown into some 25.5-year cockamamie story that doesn't fit anything, doesn't fit any data that we have. And then from there, I thought, okay, so what is it about Jupiter and Saturn in this respect, right? That, that could create generational impressions. So herein lies a little bit of an astrology lesson. So we have, we had nine planets. We have eight now with uh, a dwarf planet thrown in there in, in the face of Pluto being demoted, of course, in 2006, <laughs> which I still can't even believe happened, but whatever. Um, so, we have inner planets that we think of as the personal planets, so everything from Mars, Venus, Earth, uh, Mercury, the sun, and the moon they 're personal planets. they affect us all individually, so because they move faster, we see their effects in our lives in a very in, in a very much quicker manner. Mars has a two year period of uh, transiting, so that 's the longest um of of the personal planets right the sun is one sign every 30 days the moon is moving through the entire zodiac every uh 28 and a half days so you know we we can see the effect of those planets in our lives easier and then there are the outer planets Mm -hmm. the neptune uranus plutos that are um, very much long collective periods of times for example Let's see, Neptune uh, or uh, Uranus, the, the closest to us in terms of the outer planets, has an 84-year uh, cycle, right? It takes 84 years. So we barely have one Uranus return in our lives, right? If you die before age 84, mm. you don't ever see Uranus come back to the same place in your chart. Um, Neptune, we will never have uh, a return of because it's 165 years to go completely around the zodiac, and Pluto. If we have Pluto uh, as a as a major planet, it's 258 years. I think it is 250 plus years to go completely around the zodiac. So wow. No pers- yeah, so no person alive is really experiencing the fullness of, of, of those planets in their chart, right? Uranus is getting there because we're mm-hmm. living longer. But, you know, for, for the sake of argument, we look at those three planets of collective planets because they, they, they denote a longer period of time. But that still leaves Jupiter and Saturn, right? So they are the special two planets. We call them the transpersonal planets. Because we do live long enough to experience their transits. Jupiter's a 12 year cycle and Uranus is twi- mm-hmm. or, uh, Saturn, excuse me, is 28 and a half years. So we have approximately in the natural life of a human being, we have about three Saturn returns and in a Jupiter span, we have significantly more because it's 12 years. So We call these the Mm -hmm. transpersonal planets in that they sort of mediate the energies between those inner planets that move faster and the outer planets that move slower. So we can really, if we wanted to, look at those two planets in their relationship to one another to give us an idea of the generations. And wouldn't you know that the cycle of Jupiter and Saturn together is a 20-year cycle? Every 20 Mm -hmm. years they come into a conjunction with one another in the same sign, almost like they're signaling, okay, now we're going to be the energy of Aquarius, or now we're going to be the energy of Capricorn. And it, it lays the template for that generation of people for 20 years at least. Does that make sense now? Mm-hmm. It so does. So, yeah, to me it was like, oh, duh, no-brainer, right? So when we look at the mm. date when we look at the dates that science or social media or marketing whatever it is uh when they when we look at the the number of years that they attribute to each of the 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 um generations we see a lot of different numbers for example the oldest generation on the planet which you know they're they're pretty they're getting up there because they the the youngest of them were born in 1945 and the earliest of them are passed Hot. on now because they were born in 1900. So you've got 45 years there for that generation that they call the traditionalists. And they, uh-huh. they have gone by names, too, like the veterans, the silent generation, the moral, uh, gen, uh, moral authority generation, radio babies, uh, the forgotten generation. I mean, they have their own, you know, monikers as well. Then there were the baby boomers, which was an arbitrary date from 1946 to 1964. So you're looking at a different amount of time. We're not looking at 45 years there. We're looking at about, what, 25, 26 years there. Again, sort of an Mm -hmm. arbitrary designation. And then we have Generation X that follows on the heels of the baby boomers, born 1965 to 1980, so we have a nice number there of 25 years. And then we have the millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, the, in this particular chart that I'm looking at, the millennials were born in 1981 and move on through 2000. So we have uh, 21 years about attributed to the millennial. Or t- Yeah, no, 1981 to 91 to 2001 would be 20, so 19 years. So right. we get
1: these easy... We get these-
2: Go ahead. The, the sorry, the Y. No, sorry, the X. Which one was it? From sixty. From, from sixty-five to nineteen eighty was Generation X.
1: Right, which is only fifteen years. Mhm. So that's so, that's a relatively short time when you compared to say the traditionalists that were forty-five.
2: Yes. Exactly. And I mean, in that respect, they feel kind of contrived, right? Don't they feel like, you know, somebody just decided that everybody born up until 1960 between these certain dates, like, you know, 19, what was it? 1946 to 1964 were baby boomers Mm. and would be marketed to in a specific way versus generation X, which is, um, uh, You know kind of lost in the In the shuffle here right because You know their shortest generation There is 15 years like you said And um, They're kind of stuck In between like almost somebody just said well we Can't have you know the baby boomers be Born all the way through 1980 So they have to be a a different Generation and you know In some respects too there's this Generation Y Which um, they've alternately called The Millennials so to me, it was just so contrived and so much of a label. And then I was really looking at, okay, w- what can we do about this? So, or how could we really look at that? So when we start to look at the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions, which, like I said, happen every 20 years, then what we begin to see is a different arrangement, a, a different set of parameters by which we can actually gauge what is happening with people. And in my mind, to me, that comes out to be much more, Um, let's say accurate, right? Accuracy I think is important here because a generation, if it's modified by the planets coming in conjunction in 2000 was the last conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. And maybe the millennial generation is the only one that actually works in this respect because 1981 was the previous conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn So our model kind of works Mm -hmm. with the millennial generation in that the whole 20 years is taken up when they were born. Uh, Jupiter and uh, Saturn were conjunct in Libra, a generation that would bring balance, a generation that would bring harmony, would bring relationship, would bring the spirit of diplomacy, cooperation, collaboration, co-creation, some really key words that are really interesting in light of the fact that Jupiter this year has been in Libra. Just as, at least in our country, Uh to be president, you have to be at least 35 years old. So the very oldest in this generation is just coming up to the point at time when they could be a leader of this nation, of our nation. I don't know, you know, other countries if they have age restrictions, but if they did, my guess is that it is now this generation that is about ready to take the the reins of leadership and we need them. We need to bring some Mm -hmm. of that balance. Mm -hmm. We need to bring some of that harmony, diplomacy back into the world because it somehow got lost. We lost it in the, you know, generation before, which began in nineteen sixty one. Maybe the boom, uh, the, there's a generation in between the boomers and the millennials that would have been from 1961 to 1981. That would have been a generation where Saturn and Jupiter were conjunct in Capricorn. And during that generation, what have we seen? The rise of corporations, at least in our country. Corporateocracy is a word that we hear all the time. And, and that would have been, the, you know, during that period of time when uh, Capricorn was holding sway, that that energy would mm-hmm. have arisen. It leaves it to the millennial generation then to try to repeal that. Citizens United is what we called it in, in this country where corporations gained legitimacy as a person with the ability to have um, – uh, to donate money into campaigns and such as if they were a person, which is why money is so big in politics here, maybe in other countries too. So I think we have to change the conversation a bit. The next conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn happens in December of 2020. And that is not that far into the future here, right? It's just what, two, two mm-hmm. two and a half years away. Uh, maybe three years, we could yeah. say, because Christmas, it'll happen on the uh, winter solstice of 2020. And at that point in time, uh, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction will be in Aquarius. And that's monumental. If you remember, uh, what was it last month? Wasn't it you and I had the conversation about the age of Aquarius? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it last month? Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And how how the age of Aquarius is changing the face of our our uh, planet now in you know different ways good both good and bad but certainly changing the face of the generations on the planet so jupiter and saturn conjunct in aquarius will i think signal a point at which we are in the midst of changing a generation and isn't it interesting that primal or primitive cultures used that same timekeeping 20 years i don't think there's mm-hmm. an, i don't think i don't believe in these kind of accidents right i don't believe that this is no <laughs> something that you know is an accidental thing and it's so you know true we we get away from these natural um ways of being and when we do we lose something in the translation and so I, I want people to really get in back in touch with that feeling of what it's like to be within the rhythm of natural cycles of time. And any, do we have any right. callers? Do I need to worry about taking any calls right now?
1: Ah, uh, yes, there is a person who's being very patient. So, would you like to draw breath, or would you like to yeah. round this off, so to speak, before we go to our caller?
2: What I would like to do next is take a caller because the next the next portion of our conversation is about what are the traits of the millennials and why is it that they are so valuable to us besides the Libra quick uh, traits that we just talked about. So um, cool.
1: Yeah. Why don't we
2: take the caller? Let us then.
1: All right. Area code eight three one. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio.
3: Hi, my name is Lisa, and I. Um, it's been very interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I was just talking to a few moms about this generation <laughs> <first of laughs> previous generations. <laughs> I think a lot of eye rolling went on. All that practice when we were teenagers came into
2: play. <laughs> oh, so Lisa, we can our- I ask? Can I ask a question? In
0: sure. your
2: conversation these ladies what was what was the what were they saying i mean and and what was your opinion of, of what was being said well at the at the time we were in
3: competition um with a sport and it was co-ed there was boy single boys single women or girls and then they did co-ed and we were expressing the differences in the level of competition but in 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 regards to the dedications and something my grandfather who knew John Wayne said always said, You gotta have that grit and you don't really hear the kids or it's been in my experience as of late that the kids don't have that grit sticking to or through a um ideology or a mm-hmm. commitment mm-hmm. and it's um, and we were doing comparison of like what kids would do this or what kids would do that compared to our generation and I was born in sixty five my daughter was born in ninety seven and my son was born in zero one. And you know, nurture versus social. Um, what, mm-hmm. how these children, um, not just, not just the, um, how do I put it, not just the what we had taught them, but what our, the social media has has um, given them. And my perspective was, my argument was, nobody has intuition any longer. Nobody, uh, they trust what they see or believe in, uh, in their phones, uh, the videos, the YouTube. And um, keeping um, honor, integrity, uh, that seems to be a big problem amongst, not all, but some, some <laughs> of the children that we were dealing with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is interesting because there are a lot of opinions out there about these kids, and that was one of the reasons that I, I really wanted to do a show about that because so many of these opinions are they're part of an evolution that is occurring in the human being template, if I can get away with saying that here. That's um, perfect.
3: That's the perfect thing.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I I, let let me save that first in in favor of um, thank you for being candid and and sharing that information. But, you know, did you want a reading or was there something I can help you personally with before I go into (laughs) this next piece of this?
3: Well, my son, uh, speaking of influence, Uh that's um, something I'm dealing with uh, with my son. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out of the blue, um, his biological father has now seen how happy I am. His his father was born in 59,
0: Mm -hmm. and
3: (laughs) he sees how happy I am with uh, my current marriage and um, the start um, bursting my son's bubble of who I truly am. If my son would have came up to me and asked me my past, I would have told him. But instead, they put my <clears throat> sister, his mother, and and uh, him had put their spin on it, and now my son looks at me totally. Di- almost he he doesn't even look at me in a way that is lovingly any longer. Ooh, heavy heart. Yeah. So, wanna mm. know? Um,
2: so he's what? Sixteen. Fifteen. Because he was born in 01 you said Yes Yeah, Lisa have I done a reading for you before On either this show or on Living Astrology Yes you have Okay so can you tell me your birth date And let me see if I can find y'all 3665 3665 And What's your last name Maybe I have you under a last name Kenny K-E-N-N-E-Y K-E-N-N, oh, Lisa Ray? Yes, yes,
3: I don't know. Apple Valley, California? Phone, yeah, it's
2: me. <laughs> All right, sweetie, good. Thank you for giving me that information. Let me pull up a chart here very quickly so we can take a look at what's happening. Um, the good news is is that the millennial generation, and, and your your son is technically speaking in the next generation that follows, mm. uh, right, because he was born in 2001, which means that they are part of the uh, ver- or the uh, the Taurus generation of the Saturn Jupiter conjunction, and uh, you know family is important to Taurus, and they can have issues getting stuck, and you know finding information for them can be all about uh, needs to be about finding restoring balance is really what what I want to say there for him. Um, let's take a look here. So. Okay, so I, I guarantee you this is going to pass. This is not something that's going to last forever. I think it was triggered by Neptune, who would, is passing okay. through your fifth house of children and creative energies. And Neptune brings a level of confusion and deception to the game. That's what Neptune is all about, right? Deception. It's, a, it's the planet of spirituality, Literally, it is the planet of universal love or uh, unconditional love at its highest end. At the low end, it's playing in the realm of deception or deceit and confusion. And so, of course, um, it is sitting today at 13 degrees of Pisces. Your sun is at 16 degrees of Pisces. So you can see there's a very tight relationship going on here. And so the possibility is that you're being unfairly viewed through deception or through confusion. And I think your best route forward in this right now is to, when you can little bit by little bit, show a clearer face to your son about who you are, remind him about love and that love is the most important thing here. And the, um, The good news is that the the planet coming back behind Neptune is the south node in that he will be returned to um, looking at you through different eyes, right? Because there's maybe a past life connection here between you and him, and maybe part of what your ex was able to tell him resonated with some, you know, doo-doo from the past, which is not here in the (laughs) present. right? Right. And so he'll come to his senses. I have faith that he will come to his senses. But in the meantime, it may take a little bit more time before he, he, you know, that happens. So what you do in the process is you just keep reminding him about the truth of who you are and that nobody Mm -hmm. is, the truth of people are not based in what other people say or what other people's opinions are of them. Yeah. Okay. I Mm -hmm. I reminded
3: my husband Mm -hmm. to just show him respect, show him the love, show him the care. Because mm-hmm. if he asks, I will be totally honest, I did do a lot of things in my past, but for the last 15 years, 16 years, he has been nothing but, he's seen nothing but the positive or the the, mm-hmm. the mother, the protectiveness, the mama bear, I call myself. But mm-hmm. um And he knows, Lovely. and I want him to continue to see that, not to see what others see of me. Because if Mm -hmm. they can't remember the happier times, then that's on them, not on me.
2: Absolutely. And you are not now who you were then, right? You changed, you evolved, you grew. Um, Mm. And he will see that as well. I, I, I just want to urge you again, keep the communication lines open. Um, okay. Because Gemini is the repository of your, your destiny. And, and part of this is, you know, I don't know what you're speaking of in terms of what you might have done in your past, but a destiny in Gemini is often someone who does things that they, they think they're people-pleasing. They're doing things for other people. The lesson that you learned maybe very young is that you had to please yourself first and which would have been absolutely right where you needed to be. And other people don't often understand that, right? Your ex-husband may not understand that that was what was happening. And you may have gotten caught up into peer pressure and all kinds of other things that don't identify who you are now. So, so I will be, I will
3: tell you straight up. I was married a few times before and that, um, Religion, um, being guilted in the Catholic Church, that marriage is the most important thing. So if that's the only thing that he can throw my way, then go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not yeah. pure and simple. <laughs> because I've always been, uh, and people pleasing is just, I raised my mom, my dad, and my sisters. So <laughs> it was oh. like taking care of them
2: yeah and that's what does happen with mm. the gemini north node is that you're often in the in that position of taking care of everybody else and then your needs get relegated to the background and then right. you said you're a nurturer right so then you yep. then you have your own children and what are you forced or put what kind of pressure do you force on yourself which is that of taking care of them now so you translate it from taking care of mom and dad and sisters and Brothers or whatever and now you're you're putting that toward taking care of a husband and taking care of kids uh, which leaves very little time for you to take care of you and when I
3: did everybody was like well wait a minute and I'm like yeah uh, 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 I'm not your huh? I'm not your activity director I'm not your health but I am a nurse but I am not your health practitioner yeah. it's my time so yeah. and when I yeah. did that yeah. they all started thinking of me toxic And I pushed all that toxicity. This is my fuck off year. If You don't, you know what, you all, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could say that, but I I just said enough is enough. We'd prefer you not to. (laughs) (laughs) Enough is enough. And I'm 52 now. And I'm like, I just said, y'all need to figure this out. I've got this beautiful child to raise. And then when I did say that, they were all like, well, in order to get to her, we go through him. Yeah, so they're they're trying to get them to move to the area they live in, and I'm like, "Well, wait a minute, nobody asked me." Uh (laughs) I'm your mom. Uh Yeah. Well, now,
1: Lisa, you, you. you have had a very, very important message for all of us because it really is important that we put ourselves first and I'm sure that's a very big lesson that uh, we're mm-hmm. here on earth to learn. So thank mm-hmm. you. No, Janet, thank we have you. two other people. Oh,
2: wow. Thank you, waiting. Lisa. Honey, thanks who, for sharing. One thank who you, definitely... Okay. You want yeah. to go ahead
0: and thank bring you, one, one in? Your
1: I will. Yes, there's definitely one who does want to speak. And I know that you certainly want to um, finish up as well. I have You have uh-huh. more to say. Area,
3: uh-huh.
1: area code 917. Welcome to Angel Heart
0: Radio. Oh, hello, Annette. Hello, Janet. I've been enjoying hello. the
2: show. Great. Thank you so much. Oh Good. good.
0: Who are we talking Uh, to? Who are we speaking with? Oh, my name is Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Hello, Ellen. You have made an interesting comment about the rise of corporate power uh, during the millennial generation, um, during the time that the millennial generation was born. You know, I hadn't thought about it that way. I've always attributed the rise of corporations to something um, concerning the boomers and what they failed to do or or did do. And I'm just wondering, so is the rise of corporations really attributed to the boomers who were adults when this happened, or to the millennial generation or the stars going on during the birth of the millennial generation?
2: Yeah, interesting, right? Because in 1961, the Jupiter Saturn conjunction was in Capricorn. Therein is, this is why I have a problem with that baby boomer designation for those people, you know, from 1961 to 65, because clearly there was a different energy taking shape during that time. Now, you know, this isn't about the fault. Of anybody, but what we see generationally then is a people, a group of people born 61 to 81, let's say, that are going to have to deal with the fallout during their yes. tenure as leaders of the rise of corporate America or the corporatocracy or the masters of the universe, right? We hear that too yes. in turn term often you know to to talk about power and those people that we're dealing with who are grabbing power and you know i'm not saying that this is all black and white because there is some blur there they're going to be the baby boomers the ones that were Mm -hmm. born possibly anywhere from 41 to 61 when we were dealing with um taurus energy in with the jupiter saturn conjunction and taurus is always about who he who has the most toys wins right? Yeah. He who has the most money wins. So it was, you know, a, a designation that we have to sort of look at. We, I love this. This is such a great conversation. I get really excited, and now I'm going to lose what I want to say, but here is what it really is about. There is a group of people born in around 1961-ish to 63-ish who were born as bridges, taking the best from the past, marrying it to the now, with the best of the future, bringing it in. So they, you know, thinking of when I think of that, I, the, the best image I get is that of the bridge. So yeah, it's not that, you know, there's something wrong with the with corporations, or that there's something wrong with the people of the baby boomer generation or anything like that. It's that 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 generation was meant to take the best from there. And looking forward now at the millennial generation, what do we see as the best that's shaping up there? And let's bring that into the conversation in the here and now. And speaking for this particular country, we have a president that's sitting in office who's 71. He is Mm -hmm. from a generation that does not resonate with what's happening in the now. No. He's not a bridge builder. No right he's still a master of the universe mentality and and that was the point of bringing this up is that we have to be able to see what's the best and the brightest from the past and what's the best and the brightest that we see lining up in the future and bring them together bring them together and we do that by understanding one another
0: i guess i misspoke i should have said instead of saying fault i should say attributed to
2: um yeah yeah
0: yeah <clears throat> Anyway, I, I'm fascinated by it, and I'm not so down on the millennials as um, some people are. and call I them think the, the me, millennials me are me.
2: beautiful. You know, I, yeah, that's the other thing. They call them the me, me, me generation. Well, I'm here to tell you, when mm. we look at human design, what we mm-hmm. see is the millennial generation is they're bridging what will become a, um, an actual energy center evolution in the human template from the fear-based spleen energy of the past where every decision we make is based on whether we can survive or not and taking that to what feels good instead. What feels good to me? Does it feel good for me to stay in this corporation where all they want is productivity for me when I'm looking at, I want family time. I want time to play. I want time for, you know, I'm willing to work when I'm here, but why should I work 10 and 12 hour days? They ask different questions because they see something beyond that old spleen survival energy. They're, frankly, into thriving, and thriving is based in balance. Thriving is based yeah. in having uh, some religions or some you know belief systems have these five pillars, family, finances, health. Uh, work and what's the other one? I don't know. Maybe there's only four. But if you look at these pillars, they they're out of balance in our world, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah, just look I'm at the, look at
2: the of state balance. of the yeah. family. Most families oh. have at least been through divorces, and and I'm I'm not saying divorce is bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the family unit has gone south. <laughs> It's not as important uh, in some of the generations, but the millennials are family oriented, right? They are family oriented, but they also see that there's no point in staying 50 years at a job and being unhappy, doing it just for the sake of what was that one lady saying, grit, you know, What was it? Mm. That John Wayne mentality of grit and competition and sticking with it and taking one for the team. That's old paradigm. The new paradigm is what feels good to me, what feels correct for me, because when I'm doing what feels good to me, I also allow that for you. And then the expression of that in the world becomes something of beauty rather than something about greed and taking from, taking, you know, each other's toys and which ultimately has created the rise of terrorism. Right. Right. We're, we're, we're corporations raping the uh, reserves of oil and the the resources from these other countries. Um, it's just sad. It's really sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel actually very bad for the, People mm-hmm. who are in their 20s now, they're generally graduating from college with high debt loads, mm-hmm. and um, it's very hard for them to, mm. to pay it back. It's like they're chained to work, whether they want to be or not. Anyway, we right. I, I can go on and on about it, but I think it's very hard also talking about the change in the environment and transition thing.
2: Right. I think
0: it's very hard to advise people who are that young. Uh, things are not the way they were when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to even advise them as to what is the best route to take because everything, the landscape is so different.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these kids grew up in an age period of economic downturns, right? Yes. They, 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 they grew up at a time, they came into jobs, you know, they were 16, 17, and 18, At a time when the economy was at its worst, at least here in this country. Well, it was a global thing. It wasn't even just the United States. It was Asian markets. It was all it was in Europe, Mm. Japan, everywhere experienced this downturn economically. And these kids, unfortunately, were a part of it. Right. They were they were hit by that because number one the, even the older ones were coming out of college with these degrees that they've you know education burdens or the cost burdens on that education um were being outweighed by jobs being open in at mcdonald's yeah right and uh, i mean imagine that imagine coming I, out of you know with a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and not being able to get a job in that field that you train for. And all that's open to you is McDonald's. And I don't mean to say that there's something wrong with working at McDonald's, but that is, this is the, truly the first generation who will not do as well financially as their parents did, or at least that's exactly. what it looks like to them going into the game.
0: I agree. I understand that. Mm. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. So yeah. it's just, it's, You know, and then to have all this mudslinging at them when um, these are our leaders of tomorrow. It's not fair. It really isn't fair at all. Um, Just to give you an example of the core values, let's talk about the baby boomers' core values versus the millennials. And I think you're going to see it's really kind of interesting. The baby boomers were into equal rights, equal opportunities, that whole EIC thing, right? The equal, equal opportunity employment and all of that, right? Well, the millennials have high morals. They're highly tolerant. They're competitive. They like personal attention. They're confident, and they are into diversity. They, yeah, that, yes. none, of, none of those traits are, very, are at all like the baby boomers. Yeah. Right? So um, then let's look at some of the, uh, let's see, let's see, what did I throw out last time? Oh, their view on work and life balance. Um, they want not only balance with work and life, but balance with work, life, and community involvement and self development. They want flex time, job sharing, sabbaticals, and they're the ones that see that all of our, we are human beings, not human doings. It isn't yes. all about the work, it's <laughs> all about who we be in the world. That's completely different to the baby boomers. Who um, were hesitant of taking too much time off of work for the fear that they would lose their place in their corporate ladder climb? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, and women were afraid to take time off to have a baby. I remember maternity leave. Yeah. Just uh. um, we didn't get Family Medical Leave Act and, um, passed until Bill Clinton, and that was '93. Mm-hmm. So the baby boomers were well into their work years when even that happened.
2: Right. Here's possibly one of the biggest differences between the older generations and this, these younger generations is that everything about the baby boomers and the traditionalists where, you know, the, even, you know, like Trump in our country is what I would consider a traditionalist. They were always about the hierarchy. Right. It was there was a clear chain of command. It was what we say is a top down management. Mm -hmm. Right. Where the millennials are more collaborative, they're more achievement oriented and they they want to understand they want to feel like their contribute, their contribution is as important as somebody with 30 years of seniority. Yes. Right, because you can work 30 years at a company and just be, you know, marginally engaged versus someone who comes in with a young, fresh outlook. They've been there maybe five years, but they've contributed so much, they see that that's as worthy as tenure. Yeah. And that's a completely different mind. Sh- that's a big mind shift. Yes. Right? Um Yes. They're definitely more collaborative. They, they, they think in teams. They were born at a time when uh, a part of that generation was born at a time when Neptune and Uranus had been conjunct in Aquarius. And, or Uranus was in Aquarius. And, and Neptune was too at that point in time. You're right. So they come in with a team or group-oriented outlook. So they're not so much me, 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 as they are we, we, we.
0: No, I, I see it in the workplace. Um, and I've been in the workplace for a while, and I do see that change.
2: Yeah, yeah. So for them, work, work is a means to an end. It's about fulfillment. It's about being flexible in their working arrangements versus the boomers where a career was all about work and then retire, yeah. Right. It was or it was an obligation or a long term thing that you had to do. The millennials have a completely different reaction to that. Yes. It's not I worse. Agree. It's it's just different. And it is more in alignment with where we are evolving to as human beings, because frankly, guess what? In the dawn of this age of Aquarius, pretty soon there are not going to be jobs because they're going to be replaced by robots or automatons, automation, AI. Yeah. So oh it's a good thing that we're running mm-hmm. into a different set of energy.
0: I agree. I agree. Um yeah. I wish I could see what's gonna <laughs> think happen in the future, but I don't. And yeah, yeah I yeah.
2: <laughs> so this has been a great conversation and I Alan. completely got carried away. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've enjoyed it. But Thank I you, me, Ellen, for joining us.
0: Yes, Do you mind if I ask about the destiny in my chart? I heard you ref- talk to the prior caller about the destiny in her chart, and it sounded Absolutely. very significant.
2: Okay, so Ellen, are you born May twenty sixth, 1956? You found me. I did. I'm so good at this. <laughs> People think, oh, I've never talked to you. Oh, yes, you have. <laughs> Okay, so let's take a look at your chart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, that's definitely not me. Okay, so let's look at your chart and talk about your destiny. Uh, Your destiny, Ellen, was in the sign of Sagittarius at about eight degrees. Um, So you're here with the energy of uh, creating more freedom, more in the search of the capital T truth. When I think about Sagittarius as a constellation, it is the archer and his arrow is pointed firmly at the galactic center. The galactic center is what we would call the central sun, let's say, the place from which all of the cosmic energies are filtering into the universe, not just the earth, but our solar system and uh, the universe that we live in. So here you are with a destiny that sort of aligns with that energy of what could be and the freedom to choose the freedom to be free right to be adventurous to be looking at um, all of the different things that there are this planet is sort of like your playground and uh, many Sagittarians have um, diverse interests right they might be uh horseback riding and totally involved in animals, as well as over here, they might be, you know, activists uh, trying to, you know, get uh, children uh, fed in the world. I mean, they're very, a very diverse group and you're really here with that same energy to be expressed as a Gemini, which is to communicate it, right? To communicate new values, new beliefs, instill new patterns that free people from, the old paradigms. Does that resonate with you? Yes.
0: Thank you. I've been trying to figure that out.
2: There that's you go.
0: Good. Thank and, you. And
2: that's who you are. Continue being it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll aim for that. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Ellen. Thank you so much. It was well a wonderful done, uh, chat with you. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Janet, so we say friend. so often, don't we, that callers add to the uh, the show so much. And I think people fa- sometimes underestimate just how important callers are to a show. So thank you very, very much to both Lisa and Ellen for calling in today and uh-huh. having the patience to wait. It was well worth uh, it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, in... In the remaining minutes, would you like to round out the conversation or would you like to say there'll be another part to this next month?
2: Oh, dear. I could probably go on and on with this. You know, it, 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 it occurred to me, actually, as I was sitting here chatting with uh, Ellen um, that I could probably design my own idea of what the generations are about. And from that, we could even predict, well, what is it that the world is going to need in the face of the generations that are upcoming? So I, I may undertake that, that project mm-hmm. because I think it's really fascinating to look at it from that lens. And I feel like it's more yes. just to everyone to be willing to look at that and say, okay, how can we understand one another instead of how can we keep, you know, the mm-hmm. division going. So it's a possibility, mm. um, Annette, that maybe next month there is a, a continuation of this because I think it really bears really, you know, mm. taking, taking this into consideration and what does it mean when Jupiter and Saturn make these changes for us along the way?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: I agree. It's, It is so
1: important that we do get along. You know, we all have our idiosyncrasies. It's interesting, isn't it, because some people say, oh, the teenage years, you know, oh. And yet I delight in seeing mothers and... Daughters going out on shopping trips, or you know, enjoying each other's company, and fathers and sons, or um, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons. You no, know, we mm-hmm. we have our children to enhance our lives, and sometimes we do get. You know, we as we grow and develop, of course, we have um, different. Different ways of being. We all we all uh, have our moments, for sure. Right. And quite often, it's simply taking the time to look at the perspective from the other person's point of view, rather than being holier yeah. than now in our own ideas.
2: Absolutely. Mm. Or entitled, right? Entitled is another word that we hear thrown out at the millennial generation that they feel entitlement well where does that come from Mm -hmm. right entitled yeah they're entitled they're entitled to be able to have a planet left to them that is environmentally uh, uh, in shape as opposed to environmentally toxic they are entitled to have a planet Mm. that is peaceful Right. Where we don't have this fear going on that a Kim Jong-un is going to throw a nuclear warhead at the island of Guam just to get back at the United States. Um, they, they're they mm-hmm. entitled to have a, a, an ability to have fa- their families and build their futures. So, yeah, they are freaking entitled. Mm-hmm. But so were we. Right, we Into. we were entitled to those same things, but we chose different paths in some ways. Right, and some of the paths yeah. that we've chosen lead us to some bigger problems, perhaps than um, than we can solve. So I think we have to look to the millennials and beyond to help solve some of those bigger issues.
3: hmm
2: But so we could stop creating Listen, them too. If you would like. <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, we could. We could. Uh, Yes. Listeners, if you would like to speak further with Janet, please visit Janet's website, living astrology.com. And Janet, you do have your own show as well, which is fabulous.
2: Yes, my show is Living Astrology. It's on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 7 p.m. East Coast time of the United States. Um, and it is on Blog Talk Radio. So you can find me there. And, Sweet. you know, this, I would love to Gorgeous. say I know what this week's topic is going to be. I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling it's about the ego this week. So we, that'll be interesting oh, good. in light of this eclipse that we have just had. so Fabulous. Yeah,
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you Thank you listeners I'll be back next week with Dina and Darren Janet will be back next month or with her own show Living Astrology on uh, Blog Talk Radio Lots and lots of love May you make the best of your life You've been listening
0: to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. You can check out who's on, when we're on, and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com. Everything is there. It's all just one click away. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts, co-hosts, callers, guests and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.